Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the Tweet Machine. You guys know where to follow me at on there. So I will just shout out our YouTube channel. Shout out to everyone who subscribes to Seahawks Man to Man. That's the number two on YouTube. Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206. And that's CKID206. We are joining you during this off-season break in action with a special guest joining us on the pod, uh, the second Seahawks coach uh, to join us on the pod. We have Amanda Ruler, who is the assistant running backs coach uh, for the Seahawks. Amanda, what's going on? Oh, not too much. Uh, thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. This is awesome. I'm so excited. And uh, we talked a little bit about this before you recorded. You are second coach You're following Clint Hurt, who spoke with us last summer. At the time, he was the defensive uh, line coach. He has since been promoted. And that Clint show has been tweeted to me and Chris as some of our listeners' favorite show. And we've been doing this for six years. So no pressure. No pressure. He's an amazing person altogether. And I can't believe I get to follow him. But I will try my best. He's a great guy. I have to say that. So shout out to him. Yeah, shout, shout, shout out, out to Clint. Coach. Clint, if you want to come back on that, you got the promotion. Holla at me. We need yeah. you back yeah, on. Knows, he, knows, he knows how to get a hold of me if he wants to do that. Um, but we'll, we'll focus on you, uh, Amanda. You are one of three coaches working with the Seahawks this summer as part of the Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching Fellowship. Again, you are uh, working with the running backs. Uh, shout out to the homie Chad Morton, uh, the running backs coach uh, with the Seahawks. Um, and uh, I have a story on, on you actually dropping. By the time this comes out, it'll be out. They should both come out Thursday the 14th. Um, and when we spoke a few weeks ago for that story, you're walking to VMAC, and you hadn't really had a chance to like sit back and think like, wow, I coach for the Seahawks, and kind of just like really take that in. So let's do it now. Um, you know, how, how does that feel to be coaching with the Seattle Seahawks? Oh, my goodness. It's, it's kind of a surreal experience. I I've always dreamed of being within the NFL and I never thought it would escalate this quickly, but my determination and my push has got me here. And now we have a little bit of a break. So I did get to sit back and just sit at the facility and just take it all in. Cause when I was there for OTAs and mini camp, it was just go, go, go. So it was just minute to minute. Like I was, I was very busy. 
now I've taken a second to be like, oh my goodness, where am I today? What do I get to do? I'm just so grateful and I'm so happy and, and that I get to live out my passion and, and my dream even for just the Bill Walsh Diversity and Coaching Fellowship. That is amazing that they're giving opportunities to people like myself, which they haven't maybe seen ever before. And now I get to come in there and prove my worth and work very hard and hopefully make some connections. I would ask you, what has it been like being in this experience? Like what is, you said it's been just, so what I said, just tell me, what has it been like working with the Seahawks? I think when I first came in, the culture hit me right away. And I'm a big fan of getting to know everybody. So I asked everybody within the organization from coaches to players to people in football ops, like, what is your favorite thing about working here? And they said the culture. As soon as you step within the building, they are friendly, they're nice, they're energetic. And that's exactly who I am. And I think throughout sports, I've always been very outgoing and, and larger than life. And in a lot of ways, I never felt like I fit in truly just because I was an athlete. And sometimes when I was coaching on some coaching um, opportunities, I, I was a little like boisterous and like energetic and always all over the place. I feel like I fit in. I feel like for once I've been so welcomed and I feel like their culture is so part of me that I am so grateful that I get to be part of it. And this is a team that I fit with very well, um, even coaching within the CFL with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, we were considered the 13th man team. And now I'm with the 12th man team. <laughs> so it's just like, it's so cool that it kind of happened back to back and, and two very similar teams that were, were part of the community. We're very culture-based, we're very energetic, and that's exactly who I am. So for just the whole time, even just being there within the building, everybody says hello, everybody's welcoming. And not for one minute did I think that I didn't belong there. Mm. That's dope. What do you hope to gain from this experience with the Seahawks? Uh, just, just become a better coach. I think throughout my life, when I was an athlete, I used to put into place like, this is my goal. I want to run this certain time in track and field during my sprints, or I wanted to lift this certain amount of weight when I competed in weightlifting. But I've kind of changed my goals and focused more on the journey. So one of my goals is just to be a better coach overall. And I was like, how do I achieve that? So I set more habits. So I did more habit stacking to try to become a better coach. Like my goal is to work within the NFL um, as a positional coach or even higher, maybe an OC one day. But you know what? If I create those habits right here, right now that are going to help me just to be a better coach every single day, that's what I hope to achieve here. So I'm talking to every single person on the coaching staff, learning from them, saying, how are you a great coach? How did you go about your journey? And, and is there any advice that you can give me along the way? Because sometimes it is about who knows you and the more connections I can build. And if they go off into different areas, they can say, I knew Amanda, mm. I might, I might bring her in. That's powerful. You mentioned talking with coaches, getting their perspective, and you've been around experienced coaches, whether it's with McMaster or the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and now the Seahawks. So how has, if anything, picked up from your coaching style and what you plan on doing? Yeah. So as an athlete, I've worked with, I, I've been coached by tons of people and I kind of adopted the best coaches and the worst coaches because the worst coaches that coached me did teach me something. Mm -hmm. That's not how I want to be coached. So my coaching style, I'm very um, individual when it comes to athletes. I try to figure out like what are their personal needs going forward and how can I best help them? 
even with all the running backs I have with the Seahawks, I got to know them each personally. Like, what do you need? What is your coaching style? What do you need from me? And sometimes a lot of coaches don't ask that. And I found that the coaches here really do that. And I was really appreciative of that. And I said, perfect. This is where I belong because they all coach just like me. Get to know the athletes. What is the language I can use to help you get better? And how can we create and foster a winning environment? Because it's all about competition there and and getting better. And that's what I'm about. And that's what I was about as an athlete. And I'm trying to foster these new athletes and for them to get better. And that's what I'm all about. Has Pete thrown the UNA competitions, shooting hoops, kicking field goals? What's he had oh, to do? yeah. <laughs> Not kicking field goals yet. But literally, like the first day I was there in the staff, like the whole meeting, like one of the team meetings, it was kind of nerve wracking because they were like, hey, we have like a new coach coming in. I was like, oh, no, it's your heart, your heart's already racing because it is quite a big deal for me to even just be in the building. But he put me on the spot. He's just like, Coach Ruler is going to come up and like shoot some hoops for 30 seconds. You get 30 seconds to shoot as many baskets as you can. And then Travis Homer <laughs> was up next. So I was against him. And they played the Space Jam theme music, which I'm a personal fan of Space Jam because growing up, that was my literal jam. Like, good, great movie. And I got a couple, I think I got like two ba- or two or three baskets. And I beat Travis, which was Oh, there we cool. go. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone was like, oh, my God. Um, and I felt so cool. Um, the He made me feel comfortable. Like, after that moment, like, I just kind of, like, put it all out there. My nerves just, like, ended. And I felt so comfortable being in front of everybody. Because as a coach, like, you have to be in front of people. You're going to do speeches. You're going to be talking. And that just calmed my nerves. And I just felt like, okay, this, this is awesome. Because their level of compete, like, they want everyone to compete and feel welcome. I thought that that was amazing because someone that loves sports and isn't sports, that's a great way to foster um, a good culture there. And I, I love to be welcomed that way. Yeah, that's dope. Pizza type of guy to have a rock, paper, scissors competition go viral. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, so. whatever, Always like, compete. Yeah. Whatever, whatever <laughs> it is, like, he can, he can make it, he can make it happen, make a competition um, out of it. Your athletic background does not, limited to football i mean you ran track in college uh university of regina played soccer there uh you were so damn fast we ended up with the bobsled team uh the skeleton team uh chris you know who skeleton is yeah I, so you, you googled I, it no i i watched her presser and she talked about it and when she said it i'm like wait a second the one where you're i was like no way head first yeah i'm like there's no way i would ever do such a thing so i salute you for even going out there and doing that because that looks scary yeah and then you've got you've got weightlifting on on your resume record setting uh yeah. weightlifter as well you play football in the legends football league team canada uh win a silver medal in the ifaf world championships yeah. uh like you got a lot you got a lot going on certified physiologists you know strength and conditioning specialists let me see if i can remember everything off the top of my head bachelor's in kinesiology got that right as well yes yeah. Oh yeah, got a little bit of everything. Yeah, no. So, how is all that, all the stuff that you have on and off the field, all these other sports you played, your football experience, how has that shaped the type of coach you are and how you see the game? Yeah, that that made me exactly who I am, and the amount of coaches I've had throughout all those different sports, I've had a variety of things to see and learn from. So it's basically I almost took a master's in sports because I've been in every single sport. And some might say like, oh, well, you, you did everything and it didn't stick. I mean, 
I tried everything and sometimes it didn't work out, but at least I tried. And I, and I tried everything to my fullest and I tried to make the Olympic team and I tried this and that and tried to make national team. And I tried so hard in weightlifting. I broke some records within my province um, and made it to nationals. It's been an amazing journey. And throughout that, I wouldn't have changed anything. I tried my, my hardest at everything. I'm only five feet tall. And that, that was kind of sometimes um, the hindrance with track and field because my stride's not long enough. But I still tried in everything. And that shaped who I am because I am so used to failure. <laughs> I don't mind if I like um, submit my resume a thousand times to the NFL or I went to the NFL combine this year and I approached people like GMs, coaches, anybody I could. And I didn't even ask for anything. I just kind of put it in their hands and said, I'm a coach. And like, I, I'm aspired to be something just like yourself or work within the organization. I think being in all these sports, let me put myself out there and not be afraid of failure. Because that's the number one thing people are afraid of is moving to a new country, moving to a new spot, finding new friends, uh, trying a new sport, because it's so scary. You have to jump out of your comfort zone. And I am not afraid of that. I will do that 10 times over and over and over and over again. And even going from CFL to NFL, you're out of your comfort zone. That is a huge beast to be taking on. And you have to put yourself out there within um, the organization and social media. Um, I was, I think I was there three weeks before somebody had interviewed me. And then once it, it had gone that way, I was just like, here I am again, taking on another beast within social media. Everyone's eyes are on me, but I am okay with it. I am okay with rejection. I'm okay with that side of it because my passion trumps everything else that might come with it. Along those lines, you told what I thought was an, a, just a fascinating story when you spoke to us in the media after practice, I want to say like June 14th or something. You mentioned trying out for Team Canada and not making the team initially kept going and on. then just kept showing up. Uh, like, what, what was that like? You know, I feel like that's something most people don't do when they get cut. They just don't stop. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm done. The exact opposite <laughs> and ended up making the team and helping them win a silver medal. Yeah, I just I that's the way I've al always, always been. And because I just they saw how fast I was, but they were like, can you adjust to the Canadian uh, team? Because I was playing in America and they didn't think like nobody had seen me before. And when I tried out, I tried out on my own. Like I came and I just showed up. No one had known who I was. And that was the tough part is just keep showing up and keep coming back when people say you're not good enough. And that's totally fine by me because I know my worth and I know what I can bring to the table. And I'm a type of person that likes athletes that try very hard and show up day in and day out. And that proves to me you want to get better. And that's the type of athlete I was. I just showed up. I mm. made them look at me again. I worked my way up to a, to a starting spot. And to me, I'm an earn it type of person. So when I felt like I earned it, I felt better about me being on the team um, instead of just giving anything. I hate being given anything. How fulfilling was it when you made it and you were able to help this team and they're like, damn, okay, she really is about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, it's, a, it's a great feeling. And it's something I've always been kind of reserved type of person. Like I try not to celebrate my wins too much because I think growing up, I was in a lot of high level sports. So I was very critical on myself. But sometimes you have to step back and say like, wow, I did a lot of cool things and I pushed. And a lot of, not a lot of people can say that. So it did feel very good to be within that team. And that's why I'm very proud to like say, I competed for Team Canada on a, on a high level, like the, for the world's team. And that I'm very proud to say. 
just throwing out there the gold medal that year went to the U.S. Uh, I want to say just they you know. did. I was trying not to say. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was like, very, I'm gonna get that in there. Yeah, yeah, they're a very good football team. So um, they're playing actually this year um, right away. Unfor- well, fortunately, I'm with the NFL, so I can't be on Team Canada this year. <laughs> Uh, you know, you told another fascinating story uh, when you spoke to us in June about uh, being at Rough Rider games with your family and asking, like, yo, can the CFL, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, like, yo, can the, the women play you know, football with the boys? You told uh, spoke about your father being like, yeah, you can do anything the boys can do. Um, and that's a very optimistic view of it, as you learn, is not that simple. Um, but it really showed that you you had a passion for the game for a while. So of all those sports that you've done, you know, soccer, track, you know, powerlifting, I think even I read you got a WWE tryout. Um, like you're you're everywhere with it. But why is football of all those the one you feel uh, so passionate about? Oh man, it's I think it's to me kind of like poetry in motion because every everything has to go right for something to go well. Um, the O line has to do their thing to get the running back to go through. Um, everybody has to work together and it's so many different body types coming together as one because for it's a maybe track and field you know your certain body type for sprints Um, but everyone has to work together to to make the play happen or defend the play and it's really cool that we can bring all these different people together and you're coming together as one and I love to see it happen And, and when it does it I'm like what can we do better so it's like almost an endless pursuit of the game and the strategy and the systems and the concepts. And I don't think a lot of sports are like that. Like you can be, when I competed in uh, Olympic lifting, like it is very technical, but there's, it's only for like 1.3 seconds is my lift, but you have a full game to do in it and it's strategy and it's concepts. And I, I love like that part of it. And there's just more of a team atmosphere and being in single person sports like track and field or bobsled or uh, that was two, but sorry, skeleton and um, lifting. It's just a single person. You're out there. It's all on you. And you, you feel very alone a lot of the time. And I like the team atmosphere. Yeah. Speaking of the, the, the different body types is something I've been like appreciating a little bit more the past few years. It's like Tyler Lockett and Al Woods are in the same sport. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is pretty well. I was like 330. Yeah, he's and, big. And Tyler's probably what 195, something like that. Maybe I, I Tyler, you're 200. My bad. I'll give, give you <laughs> pounds, but like, yeah, that's that's just kind of nuts. The difference in, yeah, the different. I mean, even Tyler to DK, <laughs> that's like, 225. Same yeah. position. That's just crazy. Just nuts. Everybody just working towards that common goal it is pretty dope. Yeah. Um, I, I spoke with a lot of people, not a lot, but some people who you worked with and coached at McMaster um up in ontario ontario i believe yeah um and they just it was like i was asking people in chicago about obama like it was like they were like yo you want to talk to me about a coach ruler yep i'll talk to you for three hours like it was the the craziest thing yeah shout out to coach grant up up there like he spoke very highly of you a couple running backs as well but one of the things that everyone mentioned that that stood out to me is that you were really dedicated to getting to know and helping your players off the field just as much as you were on the field you know talk, talking to them after the games helping them decompress after the games whether with worksheets or just conversations to really help them understand how the things that were happening in their life school girlfriends family whatever like that can impact your on-field stuff for better or worse and I want to ask you why why was that or why is that aspect of coaching so important to you yeah um, I think working with some athletes and them telling me that they don't get to know coaches or maybe trust in the coach because 
they feel expendable. They feel like they can be replaced very easily. Kind of got to me. And I almost, I never wanted someone to feel like that. I did feel like that when I was an athlete and I had some coaches that didn't make me feel like that. So to me, I was just like, I, my motivation to play as a player was to play for that coach, to make them proud of me. And, and the way I wanted to play for them is if they made me feel like I was a human being and I wasn't just somebody you could replace. Like I actually had value and worth. And the way I show that is by getting to know my players by, you know, you can just pass a player and say, how are you today? They're like, good and walk by. I always say, how are you really? Mm. Because that's so powerful because that means you want to take the extra second to just to get to know what's happening, even in their personal life that might be affecting them on the field. And I think I have this ability and you can prove me wrong, but honestly, I think I have this ability to read people and I feel like I'm almost like a safe space for them. And a lot of these guys have been working with male coaches their entire lives. Even Pete Carroll, like mentioned to me, he's like, I have never worked with a woman coach before. Wow. Coach- Pete's yeah. 173. That's crazy. I hope I'm he doesn't see this. Pete. I'm joking, <laughs> Pete. Joking. We will never get him on if that's the case. <laughs> I am, but I, that made me excited to to be the first that he has an interaction with, and he has this now experience um, working with me, and sh- I can show him what I'm about, right? And I'm a safe space for these athletes to confide in, or or say like, hey, like I'm not having a good day. Something's happening, maybe in my personal life. Um, that's really bothering me. And I've had things happen in my personal life, like that really brought my mental health down. Like my, my father passing away was such like a huge thing for me as an athlete. And it really bothered me for a long time. And a coach never said to me, like, how are things like physically, but like mentally, like just checking in mentally. And I really wish that would have been there because I had a lot of sports anxiety from that because I was missing my support system as my dad being there. And I never had a coach to kind of help foster me to be better mentally. So that's why I always, always, always check in with these athletes, just like making sure um, even my small running backs group, like, how are you really? How's everything physically? Okay. We went through the plays, but mentally just checking in, how are you today? Well, how can we fix, like get better as a team, but, but foster you to just want to be here in this space and focus in, because I think that's so huge. You can put in all the physical reps, but if you're not mentally there, you might not even be absorbing what's happening. And I think that's so important. We talked about you playing and your game and your style and whatnot, but I'm curious from talking with Mike and reading about you, the knowledge of the game you have is gold. Like you have it down. And Mike and I, we are, I'm learning more about it. I would say Mike is more nerdy than I am in that regard. Very proud football nerd, yes. <laughs> he is He is killing it on that side. I'm trying to get to that level. Like Mike could tell you, a route runner's depth in a route and all this. I'm just like, what? I'm finding out new stats from Mike all the time. So I'm curious, are you a football nerd where you're looking at all these weird stats that people probably never heard of? Tell us about that. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I do look at those stats. I, I am one of those nerds as well as <laughs> I, night, baby. Yes. <laughs> yes. So because I'm an exercise physiologist, I will break down stride length and like, just like your breakdown and, and the way you're going into a route and your stance and your running stride. I can eyeball it so well. This is like the weirdest thing that I have going for me is like, I can just watch you run by me and I can tell you like, 
three things you did wrong. I, I have this weird, like uh, for your stride length or frequency or your overstriding, understriding, um, how it could get better in your breakdown if you're over your body, what's happening? I can break that down for you. And that's something that I bring to the table because of that uh, speed and strength and conditioning background and exercise physiologist background I bring. And I've been able to do that. And I've even doing indies with the individuals with my running backs. I even started like, okay, we need to drop this shin angle because even when I see you sprinting, we don't drop that shin and get over our chest. Like I've kind of broke it down. They're like, coach, you know what you're talking about? <laughs> like, so it's kind of cool that they're, they're really like absorbing what I'm saying. And I can see they're really taking it in and they're mm. like, holy smokes, like what else coach? What can you teach me? Can you teach me about nutrition? We do have a nutritionist, but it's just like extra questions they're asking and I, I love it. Like, I love it. And I feel like I am there for a purpose and I'm useful. That's what it's about. That's dope. Yeah. Because when you mention route running, that's something that I like Mike nerds out on st stats and other things. But when you mention route running, like I really go in depth and nerd out on that. I will spend hours watching film of DK, Tyler Lockett, watching run routes. It's I nerd out on that big time. And when you mentioned it, just like, oh, yeah, that's one thing that I love to sit there and mm -hmm. stare at for hours and ask my questions and vice versa. You also got a little running back knowledge. You also played that. You mm -hmm. are now assistant with Chad Morton. So can you explain to us what it's been like working with Chad and early? Actually, just start there. What has it been like working with Chad Morton? Before history is written. It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Oh my goodness, Chad is the man. He is amazing to say the least uh we became like best friends right away because i feel like we have the same personality he is loud and excited and i am just like almost like this little puppy behind him i'm like yeah yeah like let's go um because <laughs> i'm just yapping away like i'm yapping right behind him and we kind of like brought the group together and we're like we need to be the most excited group here and we need to have almost like that match me energy you have to keep up with us because we want to be the best group out there and we, we super are like, even like every time in practice, if there's like a play that somebody messed up, we'll still go dap them up. Or like, if there's something good, we'll go hype them up. And that's the type of group we are. We're like, we're always going to be the backs that, that are going to be, you want to be part of us because we're going to be so excited to be there. We're going to be the hypest group. And that's what we bring to the table. And Chad taught me that, that it's okay to be like, very excited and very hyped even during practice because you want to be consistent whatever kind of coach you are you want to be consistent across the board and I love that he's like that because I'm like that so I don't have to downgrade who I am to fit in because we are the exact same person Chad is teaching me so much even within the film study he quizzes me and I love it like I love it because it helps me learn their system because every team's like a different language and right away when I came in I didn't know their language uh, he quizzed me and helped me as long with the athletes. And now I know it so well, and I thank him for that. So now I can teach it and regurgitate it to the athletes. What were some of the early impressions of the Seahawks running back room? 
It was great. The the vibe and the energy was really good. Like everyone is good friends with each other. Uh, there's a level of compete and passion for the sport. And they were very friendly and welcoming. As soon as I came in, they asked me tons of questions like, Coach Riller, you did bobsled? What was that like? So um, there was kind of like a Q&A initially with my, my group specifically, which was really cool. They wanted to get to know what I'm about because I, don't, I think you can grow as a family if you get to know each other. And that's what you kind of want to bring is like, we have this little wolf pack, this family. So they got to know me and I felt so welcome. So the, the vibe was really good as soon as I stepped within the building. And Chad had already told them about me. So they were like, oh my gosh, like your coach ruler as soon as I walked in, like <laughs> it was awesome. You were a superstar. And again, back <laughs> to you being a running back, who are some of the running backs that you grew up watching that you're like, I like the way this person plays. I'm going to try to mimic their style or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I'm very uh, Darren Sproles. <laughs> oh, I am, that's a good one. Okay. I know, because I'm very short. Um, well, I, I just like Darren's game. Forget his yeah, short. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to call you out, Darren. Uh, <laughs> as <laughs> Similar styles and like Weston Dressler within the Ooh, Canadian Football League. Okay. Yeah, what a good uh, reference. Uh, Alvin Kamara. I quite enjoy him. I think he's a good athlete and just watching him. It's just magic. Um, it's, I had, I kind of got my own style cause I am fast, but I, I tried to like r dial it back slow to it, quick through it. That's what I like to say. Cause I was very fast. I run like a four, seven, five, 40. So I had to kind of hone Jeez. my skills and get more of that vision as a running back. So that's what I try to help some of these athletes that I see that are, they're just quick to, to get in there. I'm like, let's dial it back. Let's get that vision working a little bit better. Wow. You said a four, seven, my goodness. Yeah, four, seven, five. That's fast. That's <laughs> yeah. That's we need you to come out on Saturdays with us and play some flag. And we there you go. Yeah, we play flag football on the weekends out here, but we ain't been playing for, for months, but we finally got good weather. Anyway, <laughs> I could have used you when I ran that 40 at the facility a couple of months ago. I would have, cause my start was terrible. It was, it was bad. Yeah, you I took off your shirt. And oh, you saw that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, give him, critique him. Go yeah, ahead. What could, I, what could I have done better in my 40 there? Uh, oh, boy. Keep your shirt on. Check. Keep, keep your shirt on. Well, that's, you know what? That's fine. I mean, okay, so we have this saying in Canada. It's, it says tarps off to, to add speed, which is just shirts off. Yep. That's go. a Canadian saying. So uh, shirt off, that's totally fine. Like, because you'll be faster. Uh, maybe get that start a little bit better. Just like. Get up over the, we, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. There's so many angles, shin drop, angles of the back. <laughs> about to work on I might use all that. I could have ran a 4.7. Yeah. You could have, yes. I four, I'm definitely doing a shirtless again. Oh, oh that's good. There's, <laughs> there's, 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 there's no way around that. Uh, in, in that running back room, what has stood out to you about the guys uh, you've been around? You guys haven't had Chris, but you know, you've been around Rashad and, Ken, and mm -hmm. Kenneth or Ken, he says call him Ken, uh, Travis, DJ, Darwin, Josh. Um, what, uh, what have you learned about those guys? Smart, very, uh, cerebral group. I can't believe like how smart these guys are and what, what they can absorb. And very quickly, they, the first day I was like, oh my gosh, I was watching all of the film and you guys don't, don't make a lot of mistakes. You guys are on point. You know what you're doing. You're going in with, um, integrity. Like they they just do a really good job. And when they mess up my bad, and then they don't do it again. So that's the kind of backs I love to work with because we can just refine their skills and get them better. Like sometimes it is just a little bit of vision or, or maybe, Hey, let's run this route a little bit different, but 
these guys are on the ball. They're smart. They ask a lot of questions within the film study, which I think is great. And then some of them have extra film study, like Ken Walker, like he's a rookie right now. He's doing extra film study as a rookie. And he is just asking so many questions. He's very smart. And I can see him being such a great athlete. I just, I just want to talk about him for a second. Very fast. He's a, a great person, let alone athlete. He is going to be a great athlete going forward for this team. And I'm so excited to see him grow and develop. And he's going to be amazing going forward. So I, I'm so excited to say that I got to even work with him and I have to get to know him as a person. Within that running backs room, who is in there is real funny, always has jokes, but it's still, it puts a smile on your face because you just know they have something funny to say and it's a joy to just be around. Who's that player or players? They're always joking. DJ Dallas is hilarious. Um, yeah, uh, Travis is good. Um, Penny, actually, like they're just like always cracking jokes. They're always like kind of um, joking with each other, kind of making each other feel comfortable and like making jokes with me because they call me the Canadian and they'll always make <laughs> Canadian jokes to me. So they're all like really good guys. and They're always cracking jokes. That's dope. What's the origin of the wolf pack? Is that a hangover reference or is it just like a wolf pack, like actual wolves we're talking? Oh, we just like we when we do a little huddle, like we huddle like literally all the time, like in between plays, like wolf pack, you unite. And when we get together, then we go cheer on other people, like go hype up the quarterback or go hype up the tight ends because they did a good job or or get that receiver because he did such a good job with with running that route. And um, we get the wolf pack to unite if we're too far from each other. We start like <laughs> getting too far. We go wolf pack and we bring it back together. So I think, I don't know if we originated from the hangover, but it's just because we're all just like coming back together and reuniting. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait to see how, how uh, the technical stuff you have maybe helped Rashad Penny. Cause as you know, watching him last year, he was basically Barry Sanders for like five weeks. Yeah, um, so if we can <laughs> expand on that, oh man, that's, that's, that's going to be uh, something special to watch. But before you get a chance to coach them in training camp, you just got to coach um, some under 18 women's tackle football last week, uh, I believe in Canada. Uh, what was that like? I, I'm very excited to talk about it because it was the first time they had U18 tackle here in Canada. So it was the U18 national championship. So we had five provinces compete and it was such a great turnout. We had these amazing women from I coach Team Ontario. Come on down. And no one expected anything from Team Ontario because there's not a lot of women's programs down there at all. Whereas we see Alberta and Saskatchewan, they always they already kind of tried, like they have some programs where they're they're teaching women right now. So this was the first time we've ever had like a huge tournament. Um, so Saskatchewan and Alberta were very dominant and they didn't expect anything from Team Ontario, but we brought it. We ended up three and three. Um, the, the games were a little condensed because it was the first time they ever done it. It was six v six. So we had to get a little creative as coaches um, to go through that. But we sh we showed really good concepts. You would see a jet sweep coming from us like you could see us. We, we did lots of good things. And, and me just working with my running backs um, was great because I even brought that. I brought that energy every single day. And they were just like, coach you're you're coaching with the Seahawks and why are you here with us and I'm like because this is important to me like this matters I'm fostering the next generation of women that are excited about football that are that they want to play the sport they want to be involved somehow like growing up and when I asked every single one of them after like 
what are you going to do after this tournament? And they all said that they were going to try out for their boys high school football team. That's dope. Every, every single one of them. And I wish I had that kind of confidence when I was their age because I didn't. And I didn't even know like that was an option for me. I would have for sure. And they are all going to do that. And they were all very excited that I took the time. I don't, all the coaches took the time, but they were just so confused why I was coaching these big, amazing athletes. Um, and then coming to them, I'm like, because you are amazing athletes too. This is important to me. And we're going to work really hard to, to do well at this tournament and show a good look. And we ended up three and three. We ended up fourth overall. Great uh, bunch of athletes. And I can't wait to see what they do next, to be honest. So what type of offense were you guys running, coach? Mid-zone, stretch team? You got to run some power. I know it was six on six, so you can't really run a ton of this <laughs> oh, stuff. Yeah. What, was, what was the offense like? Yeah, uh, inside zone, outside zone. It, it was tough with 6v6 because you got to be a little bit creative. We did some power, um, very limited plays, just, just because it was a short tournament. So we gave the girls like maybe 10, 15 plays uh, to memorize. And we just went over and over. And like something about me is like when I go up to my running backs, I'm like, okay, here's the script for today, even practice. Uh, let's go over. What do you do in this? What do you do in that? Um, we did a little power stuff or like a little inside zone. And they're like, oh, what is that? So I got to explain to them even the base level um, elements of football, which was a challenge to my skills, right? You're, you're challenging, you're working with these uh, NFL athletes where you're just refining their skills. And then you're working with somebody that doesn't know what inside zone is um, or what is a blitz coach. So that was really cool that I got to like go back to the base and like, okay, this is what it is. And this is how you stand as a running back. And I even like brought the element. We're going to do a breakdown after every single uh, play, like badass backs, like we're going to do it. So I am fostering them going forward because they'll bring all that knowledge into the next steps that they do. And they'll be prepared for their high school tryouts for their boys team and and whatever team that it goes for, hopefully there's more women's teams out there for them to compete with. But yeah, I taught him a lot of stuff. <laughs> well, that's very, very dope. Man, we could use some of that. I'm curious. On our flag team. Was yeah. there, was this game on, is this on YouTube to watch by any chance? Yeah, it, it was live streamed. So I bet nice. you it's on. Yeah. Which was so cool because the girls, they felt very professional because they were in a mm. professional CFL stadium because it was in, Regina, Saskatchewan here. So they were at the Rough Riders Stadium, just a condensed field. Um, and then they were up on the, the big like Maxtron, the big screen with the cameras and they were being live streamed. So they got all the elements, what it's like to be a professional football player. And I thought that that was really cool because, you know, I never felt that growing up. And then here's an opportunity for them to get that at such a young age. So they're going to feel just like rock stars at that point. So I was like, yes, this is awesome. How bad did you want to lace them up and go out there and play? Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. Like we even like uh, in one of our practices, we gave them a scout look like yep. of the, the new Brunswick team that we were facing. So I was playing uh, running back and like, I was getting into it. I'm like, let's go. Like, and they're like, coach, why are you so fast? And like, why, why are you so scary coach? So I, I really wanted to get out there and play so badly. Um, <laughs> you got to dial it back and be like, I'm a coach now. Yep. I'm a coach. <laughs> I heard that. I heard about that. that scene in Gridiron Gang with oh. the Rock. Remember, he goes against <laughs> the kid and just <laughs> like, you can't do that. That was me. That was me. Just like stiff arming kids or like, oh, like, what did I do? <laughs> well, then the Rock followed it up by allowing the kid to run him over. He's like, run over me, and he well, finally he had did. No choice. 
Oh my goodness. Like I, like I went up to like block one of the athletes and got my elbows in and I was like chopping my feet. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, this is how you play. (laughs) Yeah. You You scared him. Oh my goodness. Coach is a beast now. Yeah. Yeah. He's transformed. He's no longer coach. He's a player. (laughs) So, um, one of the reasons I say one of the reasons, but like something I admire kind of talking to you and, and, and reading about you is that um, you're you're naturally going to encounter uh, detractors and naysayers along your journey. Anytime you try to break through anywhere, whether it's something that has to do with race or gender or both, people are going to be like, nah, get up out of here, especially in the age of social media. It's just it's shit show. It can be really bad. Um, but talking to you, you really emphasize like you see that stuff, but you emphasize like, like I had a quote from you saying the top one percent of people who do this. They they endorse me. They they rock with me. So like I really don't yeah. care what other people have to say. And along those same lines of like meeting young girls who play football and like admire you. Like what what does that do for you? And especially the young girls as, as a source of motivation as you kind of break through into male football. Yeah, I I think you nailed it right because a lot of people can say that you can't do this. It doesn't matter who you are. Like you could be a great a male coach and everyone's like oh they he can't coach or he can't be at that level um but for me people are saying like you can't do this you're not allowed to be doing this you shouldn't be doing this and I'm just like that's so funny because the one percent of great coaches in the world like in the NFL or the CFL say I can and they're endorsing me and then even when you did call coaches from McMaster they were saying great things about me. So I trust the opinion of those people over anyone else in the entire world. And that means the most to me is those are my mentors, the coaches at McMaster, the coaches within the CFL, coaches within the NFL. My mentors say I can do this. And that is that is so much more worth to me than anything anybody could say to put me down. I will never listen to anybody else saying that I cannot do this because they will never be in my shoes and do the things I did to get to where I am. Play football, play different sports to find out who I was, go through trials and tribulations, move across the country to uh, coach on a, for Hamilton when I lived in Saskatchewan, um, live in your car just, just to try to play football. Nobody will ever do that except for me. And if you are part of that one percenters that will do that, good on you. And they will always endorse me because they will know that I worked hard to get where I am. And I've always worked with coaches that would never give somebody something just based for opportunity. It's because I worked to get to where I am. And they're like, she's a hard worker. I trust her. I'm going to bring her in. And she is a coach. She is a coach at this point. doesn't matter who she is and she will work hard for us. And I admire that. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, Coach Grant, um, man, the, the Coach Grant, is the, he was the OC at uh, McMaster. That's why I keep referencing him. Where's he at now? He's, he's a head coach. Somewhere. At Carlton. And I'm yes. so excited for Corey Grant um, because that was one of his goals. Because when we spoke on goals, he said, what do you want to achieve? But then I said to him, what do you want to achieve? He said, I want to be a head coach. And he did it. And I was so sad to see him go, but so happy because that's what he wants. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's my He's my guy. So I'm, I'm so excited for him. Well, yeah. And then he was like, you know, if, the, if when she comes back to, to coaching over here, like she's on my staff, <laughs> although he's going to have to talk that out with the head coach with Saskatchewan because yeah. he was saying the same thing. It was <laughs> like, a battle. 
<laughs> yeah, because um, you, when you were because uh, uh, you were coaching with Saskatchewan before um, coming to the Seahawks, and uh, I think that was part of it was the CFL's women apprentice women's apprenticeship program, I believe. Uh, and the head coach there was like, "Yeah, the apprenticeship's great, but like we were gonna hire her anyway, so like it really didn't, it didn't matter. <laughs> so they might have to duke it out depending on how this uh, the, the, <laughs> this, this uh, fellowship goes over here." Um, and speaking of that, with uh, you're gonna get to coach preseason games. Uh, it's going to be a big deal. What are uh, you going to get to you have any idea what your duties are going to look like uh, when you're coaching preseason? Um, right now. So I did ask for some extra tasks while I'm kind of on the break right now. So the preseason games, I am breaking down the stuff for like the Steelers and the Bears, um, like doing for offense wise, like doing uh, formations, shifts, motions, like all that type of stuff. So I'm breaking down a lot of the games. And then in the game, I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but I would love to be honest. Like I would love to be very useful if I could be on the sidelines, super great. But I've been working with Carrie Joseph breaking down these games and now I'm doing it by myself. I can almost be up in the booth, like helping break down these things live as it's happening because I I'm useful in that for that opportunity now, because they could keep me on. If, if I could be useful in some way and I'm just trying to, you know, help with Visio or help with DB Sport or doing breakdowns as much as I can, um, it would be cool to be on the sidelines, especially like seeing people back home, like my mom watched the game. She could see me and like, oh, that's Amanda. If the camera pans over, who knows if I'm just hanging out. But I, I want to be useful in any way, especially game day, especially game day. So wherever they want and we haven't really discussed it yet, but yeah. It'll, it'll be a fun game day, regardless where I am. <laughs> All right, Coach Ruler. This is the last one from me, but oh. is your goal when it's all said and done for you to be an NFL head coach? Yes. And and that might be very scary to say because I don't like how long, I don't know what, how that journey is going to come about. I can see me being in a position working within the NFL. I would love to start as quality control or a positional coach and see where that goes. I can see me being a head coach one day. If I stick to this and I stick to my guns and, and my values and um, uh, set those boundaries, like I'm, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep working no matter what. I'm going to keep valuing my opportunities and keep pushing. I can see that happening. I can't tell you when, but um, because when people say, what are your 10 years goals from now? I'm like, you know what, just to keep going and keep working within this sport, no matter what it is, because I have a passion for it. And if that opportunity does come about, I would love to lead a team. Oh my goodness. I have this huge leadership style. That's just like bursting to come out. <laughs> and I feel like it could be so useful. And I see like one of my mentors obviously is Pete Carroll now and seeing him be the head coach and like his energy. I was like, I can do that. I can, I can see this for my future. I can, I can be him. I can, be that motivator for an ins inspiration for these athletes. And it's very reciprocal from the athletes, the way they respond to me. And I can see that being in the future. Coach ruler. I'm waiting on it. Yo, there it was, is. Yeah. Hope you have to take to your 70. That was, you know, <laughs> you know what, take, take that long. You know, actually, I, uh, I mean, you met him already, but a fun coach to be pick his brain. I wish I got more opportunities to do it would be Tater uh, for our listeners is that's Carl Smith. Uh, Melcy Pete's right hand man, but he's yeah. been a I think he's been an assistant coach at varying levels of football and co college and the pros for I, I think literally 50 years. Like started this in the 70s. Like that dude, between him and Pete, you could sit down and talk with them and you learn every, li almost literally everything there is to know about football. It's kind of crazy. Oh my goodness. I love Tater. Uh yeah, you could you could learn and 
that's what I'm trying to do is just sit down with these guys and be like, how did you, how did you get to where you are? How can I kind of do the same thing? <laughs> you're on, you're on the right track. I'll tell you that much yeah. for sure. Well, the first step mm-hmm. is to get a job with the Seahawk. Um, <laughs> Check. There you go. Do it. And nothing, nothing <laughs> promised after this, right? Like you just gotta, you're just winging it after the pre- training camp's over. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just honestly trying my best and whatever comes of it comes of it. And like you said, for the first time in my life, I am wanted other places as well. And it's such a good feeling to feel wanted. Obviously I would love, I I would love to stay here. If it doesn't work out, you know what? I have a bright future. And I I think that's, that's very inspiring to even like think of that with a positive mindset. I'm just going to keep this positive mindset and work as hard as I can. And that's what I can control. And what I can't control is, is if there's space or opportunity for me um, going forward, if that's in the cards, there we go. If not, you know what, I'm going to be okay. And I think I'm going to keep going forward. Yeah, That's dope. you bet you started it earlier. Like sometimes it's not what you know is who you know. I would say that's like damn near half of you know. Yeah. It's somebody you knew from college or coaching somewhere. They become a coordinator and they say, "Oh, how do I fill up my staff? Who do I rock with?" Oh, Coach Ruler. All right, come on, pull up. Like that's <laughs> half the damn game. So like, yeah, you're halfway halfway there already. And uh, we thank you for as busy and popular as you are. Like I really cannot overstate this to people who are not familiar with Canada and just that area of women's football. You are a rock star over there. Like it was not hard to get people on the phone to talk about coach ruler. It was like, Oh yeah, I'll talk to you for three hours. So you made an impact over there uh, for sure. Hope you do the same thing uh, over here on the NFL side. We appreciate you for having us. Uh, If you do become a head coach one day, hopefully come back. That'd be great. Yes. You know, you know, let's do a, go. A, our first, we'll be our first head coach to join the Seahawks man to man podcast. We have not, we haven't had any head coaches, right? Just nope. Clint, Clinton, Amanda. That, that would be great. Uh, anything, anything uh, last you want to add before we, before we get you out of here? Yeah. Um, I think just on the lasting note, no matter what you want to do within life, just go after it. And that's my biggest advice. Like step out of your comfort zone. Don't be afraid to keep pushing forward. And every single time somebody tells you no, it's just another opportunity to go, to go at it through a different door. And that's one of the biggest things I could say moving forward. If anyone wants to achieve literally anything in their life. Yeah, it's not even just sports. You it's know, life. Yeah. You know, you're applying for a house, whatever, in grad school. You know, they say no, just show up. You know, show up. I might tell somebody that he's going to grad. Then we got a homie going to grad school. We do. Vaughn going to grad school. Yep. Say, if you don't get in, just show up. Just bro. keep going just back, man. Just go. Yeah, they'll you if you show up. I mean, like, or they'll call security. We have to. We'll we'll talk that one through. Yeah. Uh, but thank thank you, Amanda, for joining us. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in on YouTube, the Seahawks Man to Man Podcast. Thank you to our audio listeners, Spotify, Apple, The Athletic, wherever the million places you get podcasts uh, these days. Uh, that is Coach Ruler. I am Michael Sean. Christopher Kidd here. That's Chris Kidd. Thank you guys so much. We'll probably catch you guys maybe one more time uh, before training camp. And it's off to the races. So on that note, guys, we are out. You see, I don't have to drive me. If you say that for your mama, maybe you should smoke some. Me try the marijuana. I was never you good. The Bible straight shows you a couple of things, and they finish change. I treated you right. Everything was a gift from a time to your bag and a color on your lip. Yeah, you This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.